It's like at some point, like <laughs> no. if anybody wants to come up and like talk about stuff, we'll be able to do that. We with can do that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, anything having to do with dragons, dragons. or lore or, or world building, world building. Yeah, we don't want your life story, Lindley, unless it has something to do with dragons. Lindley's okay. like, can I talk about Maniskin? <laughs> Right. Can, Can I, talk I talk about, about the dragon of my heart? Rock and roll music. Monoskin. I can talk about rock and roll music all day long. There you go. <laughs> Hello, Popsicle Podcast listeners. We're super excited to be podcasting live from the Los Angeles Natural History Museum as part of their First Fridays event. What is First Fridays? It is the first Friday of the month. From February through June, the museum hosts a KCRW-presented evening of music, allowing visitors of all ages to stay late for a night at the museum that does not involve getting chased by Robin Williams' Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Each month offers a different lineup of musical guests and DJs, guided museum tours, and scientist-led talks, and now podcasts. Yay for us! This season's theme is the natural world versus fantasy world, in which they'll focus on how nature and science influence the creation of our favorite imagined worlds. Mm-hmm. From dragons and witchcraft to superheroes and giant monsters, First Fridays 2023 is where the fans come out to celebrate the intersection of pop culture fandom with the work and collections of the museum, which are phenomenal, I think we can all agree. Yes. What we're going to be focusing on in our discussion tonight are dragons, lore, and world building. I think something that all of us are very well versed in. <laughs> um, and this is part of their first as part of their first ever podcast corner. Yes, we are the guinea pigs, obviously, as I trip over my words. But we're here to have fun, discuss some of our favorite dragons, and where science intersects, generally breaking things into three categories, myth, pop culture, and lore while touching on some world building elements and hopefully chat with some of the event goers. So let's introduce everyone and get going. Not all I, the event goers, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, not all of them, but, but some I mean, of maybe them. some of them. Maybe some of them. Yeah. And chat with some of the event goers. Did I say all of them? No, no, I was just saying, let's. You said it. It was I just think the way I worded it. Some. It was funny. Some of the event goers. So let's meet all of. Let's it's meet always everyone. Always a good sign when someone has oh, to say. Oh, so let's introduce everyone. I see what happens. I'm going to introduce everyone in this building right <laughs> yes, now, exactly. and that is what this podcast is going to be about. Exactly. Tell by the sound of my voice that I am Matt Kelly Sue Milano. My co-hosts, as always, are my esteemed associate Lisa K Weber. Hello, that is me. Hi. Hi. Of course, our fearless producer, Philip, who is navigating his dense desktop tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. Why, yes. I know where everything is at and where it needs to be at. No, I don't. You think Middle Earth is bad. Wait until you see this dill. Moving right along, it's Justin Beniston. I am neither esteemed nor associated, um, He's both. but I have a clean desktop. He's esteemed and associated. <laughs> and finally, the best of us all is Claire Thorne. <laughs> I am okay. 
yeah, I would. I, I do have issues with Phillips desktop, so that, that's where I stand. Fantastic. Well, I'm happy to be here with all of you, and I'm happy to be in this beautiful building. And I'm super stoked to get real nerdy with y'all. Mm. So let's mm. do it. So yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we came up with a couple days ago. We're gonna have like dragon battles. We're yes. gonna do a dragon we're battle. We're gonna do uh, uh, it was uh, celebrity dragon death match. Yes. yes, we're gonna have celebrity dragon death match where we're going to. Uh, face off our favorite dragons against one another yeah. and we will end up with the one supreme dragon at the end <laughs> yes i mean maybe maybe yeah maybe uh so we're gonna roll to see who fights who oh, off a right. d20 which i have here that's and right yes. we each have two dragons apiece, and then based on the criteria that kelly sue just laid forth that's we're gonna right. go back and forth and battle and then our co-hosts and whoever else might be listening will vote to see who wins Mm -hmm. the, you know, based on the presentation and the battle aspect. Exactly. We will decide on the one true dragon. Okay. I just wanted Do to check. Do you remember your first dragon? Do you remember the first time a dragon made an impression on you? <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Is it one of those romance novels that had dragons? <laughs> right. What With romance novels are you reading that have dragons in them? <laughs> like, a, like a Harlequin novel with a dragon in it? You, you, I've never heard of this. No. Yeah, they are. There. God knows. I, my, my boyfriend the dragon, my boyfriend the dinosaur, my boyfriend the, like, well, I don't know that they're all titled that. I, have a, I don't know what was going on in Arizona, man, but that sounds... <laughs> wow, yeah. I want to get in on that. It my, sounds my very Arizonan. It does, His doesn't wife it? Yeah. is, like, super into, like, monster smut novels right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, vampires and werewolves. And, I didn't mean yeah, it's there. a thing. I, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Natural History Museum chat. That's what's going on right um, now. I think the first time a dragon left a real impression on me was probably when I watched Sleeping Beauty for the first time. Yes. It was yes. either it was either Sleeping Beauty or it was the original Pete's Dragon. I think. For me, Iconic. Sleeping Beauty or the original D and D cartoon. I think. Might oh, have been. Yeah, for me, yeah, and it's a yeah. spoiler because I'm going to talk about him, but for me, I'm pretty sure it was Falcor and NeverEnding Story. That was, an early one. That was my yeah. first one. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Okay, well, that was the first dragon that I, the first dragon impression from a film. I think the first, like, visual dragon I saw was Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But my parents freaked out because of Satanic Panic. Sure. Yeah. Wow. So ah. I couldn't get into any more D and D. At that point, then again, I was—I will say—I was we. Wait, yeah. your parents freaked out about Satanic Panic? Uh, well, How old were you at the time? Like, what year was it? Uh, eighty—I don't know, six, seven. Because yeah, my, my mom maybe. freaked out about Satanic Panic in like eighty-two. Oh no, it was still—it was still big and large okay, yeah. throughout was, the all. I mean, it was a brief freak out. It's never really gone away. She was like, are you worshiping no. the devil? I was like, mom, no. That, that was pretty much the extent of the conversation. You know, my parents weren't concerned about me with the satanic panic stuff. But the minute I was like, when I when they wouldn't let me go play that week, I was like, but my character will die. They're like, okay, <laughs> time to take a break. Okay, like, but do you right. know what I love is that we were able to incorporate satanic panic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Into yeah. this a, I mean, discussion. You know, well, listen, dragons yes. are metal. Dragon? Dragons are metal as hell. Yeah. And if you're going to talk about what's metal, you're going to talk about Satan. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are. 
the well, one and only dragon, really. <laughs> I mean, interestingly, Satan was OG. Uh, no, the great OG dragon. Yeah, dragon. There was. Yeah. It's hands down smart for me. Yeah, hundred yeah. I mean, percent. And I, I both read the book as a kid. I mean, one of my earliest quote unquote adult novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also saw the Rankin and Bass film yeah. mm-hmm. in the early in the mid, mid to late seventies, and that blew me away. You know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I loved that dragon, and he was you know, and, and I, I'm sure that forever imprinted on me because to me dragons should talk and they should talk smack. <laughs> and they should be smart, <laughs> and they should be greedy. They should know? be. And, yeah, so yeah. all that stuff. Well, I'm with you in that I love a talking dragon. A talking dragon, for sure. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. My grandpa yep. wrote a kid's book that was never published until two years before he died, but that he told us when we were kids called Dubby and Draggy. And it was it dealt with, like, a dragon and a beehive and getting honey. And oh, there's this wild little story that my grandpa wrote, and eventually his sister... When much older, years later, uh, uh, Drew, and then, yeah, like just a couple years before they died, now it's published and everything. Wow. How about that? That's cool. I love yeah, that. it's awesome, right? That's way cool. Yeah. Grandpa's Dragon. Grandpa's Dragon. Love and Dragon. So I'm going to say right now, because we have actual people paying attention to us. Yeah, yes, hello. First time ever. Hi. And it's like, it, it forced me to ask, what, what was your first dragon? Do you remember the first time that you, like, you know, a dragon made an impression on you and you thought, oh, these are really cool, you know. Yes, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. You, got, you don't have to, to answer the mic. if you don't want you to. Want to. You want to come and answer in the mic? You can if you want. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. Well, I really like the series Wings of Fire. I say it's good. Mm-hmm. Which okay. series? Wings of Fire. Wings, Wings of, fire. of Fire. I'm not familiar I'm not with that. I'm not either. Either. Book series or a TV series? Book series. Book series? Okay. okay. Is it Wings Talking Dragons? Basically, the dragons are in a war, and these five baby ones have to stop it. Five baby dragons have to stop the the, the adult dragon. The big bad dragon. Good. I love this. That's amazing. Yes. I love this. That's right up my alley. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Do you know who wrote it? Tweety Sutherland. Not sure that's a pen name or something. Yeah. All right. Published by Scholastic. Yeah. Right. Be this that is up. kick-ass, man. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. See, now we're learning about new dragons. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank you. That. Thank You're now you. part of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Whether that. that's, you know, a good thing or not. Uh, <laughs> okay, so these are some of the covers. <laughs> yeah. I dig that. Yes. Cool. All right, right on. Do you yeah. have a favorite dragon? Would you like to be a part of this? <clears throat> Maleficent, yeah. yep. Pete's oh, Dragon. Yeah. Yep. Was so it just we, the song, or was it like I don't have a good memory of this? Was mm-hmm. Pete's Dragon was uh, it was oh, a movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was so like we, live action animated. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we got from them. If business. you can hear on the mic, Pete's Dragon and Maleficent, Maleficent were the two. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. Uh, just so the record shows, she agreed with me. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure that that's clear. That's a big deal for Kelly Sue. That uh, doesn't add to your battle. 
Yeah, okay, speaking of the battle, Maybe we're going to have, have our first roll of the evening. Uh, <laughs> right. This is in the first right. round. Here we go. Here goes the roll 20. Okay. <laughs> I hope I'm not right. uh, It's a 19. Who has 19? <laughs> that's going to be a... Uh, Hold on. That's going to be Claire, Reign of Fire Dragons. Oh! I have never been more embarrassed. And the second roll... Oh, uh, we've got a four, and that's me, that's Toothless. Will. Oh, wow. Right. So, we've got so this is Reign of Fire against Toothless. Against Dragons toothless. from Reign I mean, of Fire against Toothless. All right. Okay, so. Present your arguments. So, exactly. so we're going to we're gonna break it down in, you know, lore, mythology, maybe a little bit about, you know, the outside of the, the, uh, uh, the lore outside of the fiction that maybe inspired it. And then we'll go and get into the powers and SmackDown aspect. So, do you want to start? Since you, I can start. yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Well, the the dragons in the amazing 2002 movie *Reign of Fire*, which stars Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. And they're not the dragons Let's be in this clear case. clear that they are not part of this battle. <laughs> yeah, they, are. they don't count. <laughs> you bring Matthew McConaughey into this? And a very young and impressionable Gerard Butler. Oh, mm-hmm. oh okay. Oh, okay. fresh face, soft face. Gerard, Gerard Butler. So this is the way it's clear setting the tone. <laughs> not not, a, sing, not, not a, a single, single woman in the movie. So yeah. far, and so far, not so a single terrible. dragon in the movie, apparently. <laughs> not a single dragon. And she's yet. badass, by okay. the Anyway, so they are contending with creatures, prehistoric creatures that caused the extinction of the dinosaurs and can spew fire. Yeah, it's in the movie. Um, spew fire that is like basically napalm. So they're just, they, they've decimated the world. I can't like, believe you're bringing Vietnam into this. I'm just saying <laughs> that's how they describe it. It's like two like chemicals a, in uh-huh, the mouth. Mixing. Which mix and then make napalm. Okay. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. Okay. And they eat ash for they, dinner. Yeah, they oh, burn man. stuff. They burn yeah. organic right. material and they eat what's left. Oh, wow. And, and yeah. they also eat each other, which is not uncommon, I don't think, in the How to Train Your Dragon yeah. universe. But I'm just saying. There are, some, there are some dragon fights in the How to Train Your I don't know if they eat each other. I don't oh, think they, they do. go. Do they, they totally do. Did they? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. We are, we are, I'm hearing this, and yes, they they're correct. They absolutely eat each other, yeah. Um, That's a tough okay. one. And they're huge. I'm, I'm just going to say that the male dragon, the, the uh-huh. main dragon in uh-huh. Rain of Fire, is like the size of London. Like it's, it's, well, it's not the size of London, but it's the size of a small portion of London. <laughs> it's the size of a 747. So, it's very, very What What is this dragon? Is there a name for the main dragon? Nope. No, it's just the male dragon. Just the male dragon. I mean, he doesn't need a name. Right. Patriarchal. <laughs> yeah. And is it is it based on a, a certain sort of dragon out like if you look at our natural world is there is it based on a dragon outside of that like a culture or a history be careful claire he's asking you these questions to build a case against your dragon it totally is yeah but it's also emotional manipulation the idea of the dinosaurs (laughs) okay something that could literally cause the extinction of the dinosaurs okay gotcha interesting so in this in this world they extincted scientific Okay. All right. Interesting. And, you know, he's got a harem, too. Yeah. So there's more than one you know, dragon. Yeah, that's yeah. That's quite I, a, um, I mean, that's formidable, Phil. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but it he sounds kills, interesting. It kills Matthew McConaughey. That's the ball. spoiler, spoiler, spoiler <laughs> all for all of, for all those of you who have not yet seen. It's, Rain of, Rain of Fire from the late For 90s. For you haven't seen this 20-year-old movie. Like, like a, if you haven't seen a movie with a baby years. Gerard Butler, if that's your fault. 20 years. I already knew I'm the resident spoiler. If it's been 20 sorry. years, there's no such thing <laughs> right? as a spoiler. It's really true. So Your mistakes are your own, old man. I'm going to spoil How to Train Your Dragon. So How to Train Your Dragon takes place in kind of this, like, what I realized, world in which two sort of cultures collide. You have the Vikings, this oh, Nordic sort go. of, this sort of, yeah, right? I've been on my nerd helmet now. Here this Nordic go. sort of influence, right? And yep. and they have a specific worldview of what dragons are, that sure. they're these chaos bringers. And I'm sure Lisa's going to get in. I'm going to let Lisa dig into that a little more with her, hers in a bit here. So they have the specific point of view, but where they end up is Scotland. Uh, they're in the Scottish sort of, uh, um, like, islands and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scottish dragons, what's that? Oh, where does Rain of Fire take place? Isn't it in London, England? Isn't it Catalina Island? (laughs) (laughs) It was filmed in Ireland. Okay, so so not far away. All right, so, you know, these take place where in Scotland the dragons are very different. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Um, Where the dragons are a bit different in Scottish lore. They, they're more friendly. They, they stand next to the, the sort of gods. They're more godlike. And they stand for like uh, royalty and power, leadership and bravery. Uh, they're symbol of wisdom and fertility and they represent the four elements. So very different from this sort of chaotic vision that the Vikings have. So in this world, you have obviously Vikings wanting to kill the dragons to protect their civilization. But we find out as the story goes along that they represent, when you get to, you can deal with them in a sort of natural sort of way like you could with any animal, right? They're not necessarily chaos bringers. So that's kind of like what I like, the lore about the movie. I really appreciated that, first of all, uh, that it brought these two ideas together. Um, And there's a great, there's some great stuff I read about uh, that I could share, but I don't know how deep we're going to, we want to get into that. (laughs) Will it help well, you I mean, beat? Just do it. Will it help, yeah, will it help helps, Toothless win? Okay. Because right now Toothless, toothless is a big underdog. That is very this true. Reign of Fire Dragon. Okay, well, well, first of all, I also have Gerard Butler in yeah. my movie too, and a much more uh, rigid Gerard, in, you know, feisty Gerard Butler perhaps than in Reign of Fire. He's not baby faced in this. I will give you that. He's pretty chubby though. <laughs> he is. He's the opposite of baby face. Right? He's still round cheeked. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that's a bit about the lore, right? Uh, world building wise, the author, which I think this is really interesting, uh, really interesting detail about the books. Um, her name is uh, Chris. Oh, one second. Um, uh, Cressida Cowell, uh, who yes. wrote the book. Cressida. Yeah. Cressida. Thank you, Cressida. Yeah, and the audiobooks are narrated by, by David, David Tennant. Tennant. Which, thank you for helping make my argument cooler. Maybe it will. So the the world building that she took, how she kind of built the world was, she every year she would be sent to this island just off the coast of Scotland, that was like a mile like wide, so you could see the ocean surrounding her, and she pulled a lot of ideas and, and inspiration from that to put into this movie, which I thought was really cool. Anyway, that's just a little side note. Like this is actually like it comes from a very personal sort of place for her, which is awesome. Yeah, now, it's like now these going little tidbits to, aren't helping. No, no, no. This right is uh, this is like you know what we're <laughs> no, supposed I to be know. talking You're about. Building. I am. Like, I am. 
So the I things that make Toothless strong, he's incredible dexter. He has incredible and dexterity. He's fast. He can move. He can change direction on a whim. Like, he doesn't run into things. He can make, like, high-powered movements while blasting away with extreme precision uh, in his firing. Like, if you want to talk about, like, on-point firing, hitting the soft spot, we're looking at Toothless. Highly intelligent. He learns rather quickly. Um, you could say that maybe his uh, uh, having an injury is a detriment, but I think that means the agent has to work. He has to work harder. Like he 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 needs to put more effort into what he does. Okay. But what really I think makes him an opponent worth going up against is he has empathy. He fights for something he cares about and believes in. He fights for people he cares about and believes in. Uh oh. And if you take that away, what well, you're not fighting for anything except your own like self interests. Yeah. I think fighting for something else makes you far more resilient and a lot stronger than maybe just a mean old dragon. Napalm. I'm or. About that with napalm. Well, these are plasma blasts. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just before Toothless makes the jump to light speed, yes. he yeah. whips out a plasma blast. Yeah. Yeah. And he has, he has, he can hit a womp rat at uh, two meters, right? <laughs> Um, at two whole meters. Yeah, two whole meters. Like a two whole meter womp round. After right? dragging like David Tennant into it. Yes. I don't know, my dragon killed your Gerard Butler guy. Like, I mean, my dragon kills. My dragon had the will to stand up to a giant dragon that could literally hypnotize you into following it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And, dragon, and it was a dragon giant dragon. Is the giant dragon. Exactly, and my my dragon overcame that giant dragon. Yeah. Is it time to put it to a vote? Is it time to put it to a vote? All right. Who's going to go first? I mean, I'll... Ladies first, so I say, Kelly Sue, you go first. I have to give it to Toothless. He's just too cute. I have to give it to Toothless as well. He's adorable, and all of the things Phil said. Compelling. I have to give it to the Reign of Fire Dragons. Uh, A, because of what Phil said. Because when you have something to care about, you have something to lose. And that can be used against you in a fight. Oh, boy. Um, okay. Reign of Fire Dragon isn't smart enough to use that leverage. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't know. The thing about Toothless is Toothless is highly intelligent in the animal kingdom. You know, like he's he's, he's a, a you know big dog intellect. Um, the Reign of Fire Dragons are you know I mean, we'll just take the one. They're an extinction level event. Yeah. Um, and they encountered the Vikings. They, well, is I this didn't a know part that of we were doing a thing where we yeah, were campaigning no, I'm for each other's okay. dragons. I'm comparing them. I, I mean, if, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. I had to pick one to win, I would pick well, the Reign of Fire campaign, Dragon. It's going to be Justin. Well, but it's two to one. It's still two to one. it's still two to one. And it's we don't, true. We don't need a tiebreaker then. It's no, we don't. We don't need a tiebreaker, but we do have people here who might want to participate. Uh, would you like to say which one you're, it has converted you? All so, right. Not to say that I'm biased, but okay. Okay. There you go. And so, speaking of cute factors, yeah, look at this kid who has taken a spot near the yeah. table. 
Okay. But you could beat you know. the Reign of Fire Dragon. I, so, no. Reign she of Fire Dragon. I prefer Toothless. Are you going to look at that little girl's face and say <laughs> that We're Toothless has been toothless. defeated? She was about to be reduced to ash and eaten by a dragon. <laughs> by Claire's dragon. <laughs> Reduced to ash? Yeah, hey, thank you. Toothless is fireproof. Uh-huh. There we Toothless go. Oh, t- did you just say Toothless is fireproof? Oh, yeah. if only you had put that in your case there, big guy. Hey, hey, but I won anyway like I needed to. Like I needed okay, to. So I we're I'm just okay, so okay. we're agreeing. Okay. I'm going to go down the line one. and just like, okay, well, this round is cuter than that dragon. Toothless is the winner Toothless and we'll go winner. up against the next dragon. Or, or no, we, now we do two different ones. And then we, we whittle it away oh, okay. like that, yeah. I think. So two different dragons, yes. and then we whittle it away. Okay, yes. great. So a Toothless comes out ahead in that one. That's because comes out ahead. We need to have the bracket. Um, I, I, I I'm kind of keeping track here uh, the best kidding? I can. Toothless Phil is wins. over here taking notes Toothless on his wins round one. I'm definitely not going to lose my win. Laptop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next, the next round, the dragons. Okay. Uh, Uh, it's gonna be a twelve, so it'll be Kelly Sue with Haku. It's actually not Haku. It oh. is Francis Dollarhide as Red Dragon. Oh, she changed up at the last minute. Changed? I changed it it's up at the, the last Red minute. From, it's, it's, it's Red Dragon. Wait, are you, from it, it's the Francis Dollarhide, but it's yeah. the Red Dragon, or is the Dragon from the painting? It's Francis Dollarhide as the Dragon from the painting. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. hey, it's the Great Red Dragon. It's the Great Red Dragon. Who do this I go is, up against? This is kid appropriate right here. Okay. All right. Um, Don't worry, I can keep it family friendly. Next roll. Uh, 13 would be uh, Falcor. So we've got Dollar Hide versus well, Falcor. We already know who's going to win. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. You're the one who picked a dude. All right. <laughs> Listen, my dude has some very extreme, very insidious powers. Okay. All right. Uh, you look, sounds like you're starting. The so. first of which being. He's insane. <laughs> this is a person who is divorced from reality and thinks he's a dragon. Anybody who is divorced from reality is, in theory, unstoppable. <laughs> he has engineered the sharpest of teeth so that he can bite his victims to death. He's fearless. He does copious amounts of attic yoga. <laughs> He does that. I was not Very bendy. Yoga this is the deepest <laughs> historically he accurate has... lore, dragon lore, right here. <laughs> and he's based his entire persona on a great red dragon who was brought into form by a brilliant poet named William Blake mm-hmm. and was a visual depiction of somebody who could eat God, essentially. <laughs> That's. That's pretty impressive. It is very impressive. Yeah. So there you go. That is my, this is my case for the great red dragon that is embodied as Francis <laughs> in the Hannibal universe. To say nothing of the fact that Amazing. even though this guy is crazy as hell, he's super fun. That's a shout out to you, Claire. Thank you. She loves that guy. I do love that guy. That one guy from that one thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Lisa? honestly. What am I supposed to say <laughs> when it's Francis Dollarhide's 
great red dragon <laughs> against Falcor, who is a opalescent pink furry luck dragon, a friend to all children, <laughs> who would never kill anyone. It's fair. But I will say this about luck. Okay, let's hear it. Because he is a representation of luck. Yes. And that's what I have to go on against insane serial killer. <laughs> is basically how Falcor can luck his way out of this battle. Listen, I can't say anything to that. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know what I'm supposed to say. Only All that, that I can say to that is that Francis Dollarhide was once a child who was unlucky and took the form of a dragon as a way to deal with his heavy trauma because Falcor wasn't there for him. <laughs> well, okay. Falcor dropped the ball. Wow. <laughs> Listen, Falcor it pays is me not... to go against Falcor in well, this way. Of it does. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. All right, so I did my diligence and rewatched Neverending Story this past week. Watching it as a fully grown woman. Of course, yes. Um, I was like, oh. <laughs> I can't believe I never saw this before. Um, it's a metaphor for grief and depression. Oh, boy. Here we go. And <laughs> Sorry, you've been talking about Francis Dollar High this whole time, and you're, you're getting salty about talking about grief and depression. Oh, boy. Here we go. So, <laughs> so yes. So. If we're talking about Falcor okay. being a healer of trauma. Yep. Which he does represent mm -hmm. in that the moment he arrives for Atreyu yes. is because Atreyu never gave up. Even after he lost Artax in the swamps of sadness of and he felt defeated by how far he had to go to find the Southern Oracle, he still went onward. He did. And was like going forward. To which Falcor later says to him after he rescues Atreyu, when you, like, when you stay true, when you don't give up, luck finds you. That's true. So. So. All I can say about how this works against Francis Dollarhide <laughs> is Francis Dollarhide gave up. Gave up. He did. You know what? He did give and up. And so... Falcor doesn't even need to be at this fight. It's He's really already true. won. And you know what? I think the only way for Francis Dollarhide to set his karma right is to concede to Falcor in this dragon battle. 
Are we not even going to vote now? Is that what's happening? Obviously, there's a Did you guys vote. just work that out between you? Well, we can work anything out between us. Kelly, Sue, really and Lisa true. are not allowed to go We should never anymore. battle each other because at the end of it, we're just going to be like, you know what? You're we're right. <laughs> they have a big hug and the fight's over. Falcor heals no, Francis Dollar Eyed. That's lovely. And Falcor goes on to be to one true yeah. dragon. Amazing. I don't know what else so I can now say. Now we have Falcor and Toothless. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm open to the vote. You guys can right, say whatever you want. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I didn't even hear Lisa's argument, and I'm voting for Falcor. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You want to? I mean, all I have to say about this is that Dollarhide wins in his own mind <laughs> and nice. never even notices that he dies. Uh, nice. nice. <laughs> All right? Nice. And, you know... So everyone's Falcor, a winner. Uh, yes. So well, I'd, I'd have to give it to Falcor myself. Yeah. Yeah, because my Plus, thought was that... Falcor is cuter. He is cuter. Falcor is cuter and... Well, and I will okay, say that... Okay, oh, there. Okay. No yeah. one is... Oh, my God, Claire. Potter, Potter it counts with dragons, though, not... Well, okay, well, okay. well, we are talking about someone who I'm read sorry, Harlequin Toothless. romance novels about dragons. Yeah, Toothless so. definitely won on Q. She's factor. just thinking wow. about how shiny he is during the attic yoga. Yeah. See? <laughs> what did I say? Did I tell you? I bet you he does not wear sock garters. Just All he needs is some sock garters, and Claire would have voted for me. Oh, yeah. If only. <laughs> if only. God, that would have been even more terrifying, to be okay. honest. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're ready for the next, next lineup, which okay. will which will in, have to include Justin and Claire at this point, I think, oh or maybe not. No, it had to include Justin and someone else. Okay. Or no, okay. who did I go against first? Just roll the dice. Okay. Just okay. I don't remember. Let, let, let the D twenty. Uh, seven would be Temeraire, Justin. Temeraire. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So Justin Fixed. and uh, the next person. Uh, we've already done nineteen. That's, that was in the first round. That was Claire who lost. So just go to the closest number to, to go to oh. the No, we'll just keep man. rolling. You can roll as many times. Or you can keep rolling. We'll do that. <laughs> he likes making money. Four. Yeah, already went. Uh, already went. <laughs> 17. That's new. That's Tiamat. Okay, ju- okay. okay. Oh, I got a mind. Okay, Justin. Justin. Myself, my Tiamat versus uh, uh, Justin's dragon. How do you pronounce it, Justin? Temeraire. Temeraire. Do you want to go first? That was the fight. first like. Yeah, this is a big fight. This is a big throwdown. I, I don't know anything it? about Temeraire, so you're gonna have to. You're really gonna have to clue me in here. So what's going covert. on? So, Temeraire is what's called a celestial dragon, mm-hmm. and so uh, imagine the world as we know it, set in the Napoleonic era. It's the Napoleonic Wars, but dragons are just a thing, and dragons are interacting with and befriending humans. Most dragons are intelligent enough to have conversations with them, to do their bidding. They can be trained. In Europe, they are basically treated like really smart horses or really smart, you know, they're, they're a cross between a horse and an F-14, basically. Wow. Um, Top Gun. Yeah. Um, but in Asia, they are revered and they are catered to and like Europe looks much the same because European attitudes are 
you know, sort of, we run the show, you do what we tell you, and the dragons go in line. Mm -hmm. But in Asia, dragons revere, and China looks completely different because cities are laid out to accommodate these huge beasts. And, like, it's an entirely different... They, it's the presence of the dragon literally transforms society. Um, and there are breeds and species of dragons. Um, a celestial is the most powerful of the dragons native to China. Um, and their breath weapon is called the Great Wind. Rather than, you know, fire or something like that, they release just a shattering blast of force. Mm -hmm. um, uh, powerful enough to destroy great warships, like, in one shot. Right. Um, the thing about Temeraire is, Temeraire is highly intelligent. Temeraire uh, learned while still in the egg, mm -hmm. and learned languages, and learns languages very quickly. Mm -hmm. Temeraire... Um, so he can talk his way? Oh, yeah, he can... Yeah, oh, yeah. He masters uh, strategy and tactics and... Uh, and politics and sees the fallacy in people's arguments instantly. He's a, he's a very smart and loyal creature. He, I mean, he loves his, his aviator, the person mm -hmm. he, he first bonds with, um, and will fight tooth and nail to protect him at all costs, no matter, no matter who he's up against. Um, Temeraire is... Uh, blends... A lot of qualities of the of the historical qualities of Western and Eastern dragons, um, in that he's uh, powerful, but he's kind of greedy and avaricious, which is a very Western dragon quality. Um, but he's also intelligent and looked up to, and has a sort of a, a vanity about him. That's a very Eastern quality for dragons. Mm -hmm. um, his family are were the were associated with the imperial family in China. Okay. Um, and he's and he's a warrior. I mean, he is at war. He's constantly fighting. Right. Um, and is never shies from a fight. Um, never thinks he's going to lose. Um, he's he's a tremendously interesting dragon. Okay. Um, and he's he's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before you go on, I will just say he is not, however, a god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing about Tiamat, is Tiamat uh, came from the primordial, primordial chaos uh, before, like, the planet You're existed. You're coming in here with primordial chaos yes. right now? Yes, she, Tiamat, Ooh, the she, the, dra she. the female dragon. Yeah, Tiamat's a she, yeah. Uh, like, your entire jury right now is going to be women. I know, I know. So, I have a... I have a jury of TMS peers at He's my He's like, just table. so you know, it's a she dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so Tiamat, um, within the Dungeons and Dragons world, uh, uh, like, well, Bahamut, right? Wait, let me ask the you, brother. Did, yeah. did you only research Dungeons and Dragons for Tiamat? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I was about to like, say. Like, I, I researched, look, look, Tiamat goes back to... Um, Mesopotamian culture, Sumerian, Babylonian. This is like Ghostbusters level SHIT right here. Right? This is like, this goes to that. Uh, it's, it's impressive. Only Tiamat. Yeah, right? No, Tiamat is great. Um, Tiamat uh, is like, okay, it was described as this the shining personification of the sea who roared and smote in the chaos of original creation. Eventually, she was sort of, she, was, uh, she created the gods, essentially. 
Um, and then in a battle between the gods, the lower gods convinced her to attack the higher gods, which turned her into the enemy of the higher gods suddenly, even though she wasn't at first. And that's when she was killed. And uh, she, uh, uh, slicing Tiamat in half, he made from her ribs. Who's uh, he? That were, uh, he is Marduk. Marduk slicing Tiamat in half, he made from her ribs the vault of heaven and earth. Her weeping eyes became the sources of the Tigris and the Euphrates. Her tail became the Milky Way, which is pretty amazing. So who is this that tore Tiamat apart? Um, uh, Marduk, uh, Marduk is a, is a Babylonian god. god. Yeah, Babylonian god. Like a god that she, that created, she created, killed, then killed her. Yes. Um, so this is like... I think we've all been there. Right? So... She's known as two things. Like at first, she was kind of like a, a something that represented nature and, and uh, more of a caring, like deity dragon. And then the next sort of incarnation was this sort of chaos bringer, you know, antagonistic kind of dragon. Now she has five heads. Um, Way to bury the lead. <laughs> I know, right? I, it, now is that? Yeah, I generally don't know. It, 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 I think that's of, a D and D thing. It, it built into that. I think. I think also in the history it became that, and then this borrowed from that as well. It wasn't that right away because originally when we were talking about Mesopotamian dragons, it was like the head of a like the head of a snake, the claw, like the front feet of a lion, the back claws of an eagle, and wings of an eagle. Like it was sort of like the original dragons were kind of like, like herky jerky yeah. like that and then they sort of evolved into what we know as, as dragons over the years until we got Tiamat then Tiamat became a five-headed dragon eventually and then D&D was like let's steal Tiamat and change your story completely <laughs> like, which is fine um, but it's five-headed dragon still each dragon head represents a, a chromatic dragon from the D&D realm so there's the black dragon, which attacks with acid, the blue dragon, which attacks with lightning, the green with poisonous gas, the red with fire, the white with the cone of intense cold. Um, people argue within the world whether she's a god or not. She sort of falls in between. And, and you know, that's the great thing about world building in D&D is that it leaves things vague enough and gives you enough ideas that you can kind of go in. She's different things in different settings. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You can do what you want to with well, it. Well, now which, I'm sitting here thinking, should we have set a, should we have set some guidelines for this battle? Because if this dragon has five heads and the power of five different elements. I'm just gonna say, my dragon's never been killed. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, and actually, Tiamat, when, Tiamat when she. has been. Within the DD world, when she dies, she doesn't actually die. She just goes back to her, like, the ninth the, level of hell so or something not, like that. Does, so, okay, and then she so comes back. Not a and that's very first edition. What yeah. Do you yeah. Really that's very first edition. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. What did, what did you say? What are we laughing at over there? The first edition reference. They, they, oh, sorry. About well, that is very reference. first edition. It's very first edition. <laughs> that I sounds mean, like well. the acapella version of a dragon. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, Tiamat does have a, a vast cult that follows her. So, like, your army of people that follow yours, probably. Sure. So we, we kind of balance each other out there. We know how well people fare in this whole yeah, discussion. Yeah, right, right. Um, what, what, anyway. What I need to know given that Justin gave us such a thorough description of the accomplishments of Tamarare. 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 Which means victory, I believe. Yeah. I, I just need to know um, from Philip, how many languages does Tina speak? I mean, I, I think she's smart enough to know many languages. If she's like God level, 
then yes. She can kind of, yeah, languages aren't an issue for her. Okay, that's all I need. Thank you. Um, the thing about Tiamat is she's super duper chaotic. She is. That's part of the reason why they gave her five heads because they yeah. don't know. They each don't one know has a, each one has personalities. A, a personality of its own. Each head has a sort of, an individual sort of brain. Is there infighting? Mm, not terribly, no. They all have a pretty common goal in mind. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I think right. the answer there is actually sometimes. I, I imagine they yeah. think, I imagine they work it out. Yeah. Well, it depends on the circumstance. Yeah. I, I think that fits in the definition of sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess we got to vote. Yeah, we got to vote. That's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of information. Five-headed she-dragon versus the most interesting man in the world dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Tiamat is a god, yeah. but she is a, a, a defeatable god. Tiamat throws some good defeatable god. But Tiamat could die, supposedly. He, I mean, I suppose he could. He just never has. Right. Which I can't say for Tiamat. So does Temerary... Tiamat's already taken some else. Yeah. Tiamat created the gods. We have a question about Temerary. I have a question about Temerary. Okay. So this dragon is dedicated to protecting a flock of humans. Really just to one human in particular. Oh, just Uh, one. uh, Is that one human a dude? Temerary is a... uh, (laughs) Yes, that one human is a dude. Right. Is he a good dude? Yes. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. He's a guy, the interesting thing about his pilot is that he becomes a better dude over time. He learn, like his whole story is about learning to love something beyond, you know, that there's some more important things than duty to one's country. That's his whole arc. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking for myself at this juncture. If we're talking about dragons and we're also talking about world building, I think we all know, given several fantasy worlds that we love, what happens when you kill the not good dude? (laughs) Uh, No, when you kill the good dude. (laughs) That's what I meant. Yeah. What happens to the world when you kill the good guys? You end up with a Mount Doom situation. Yeah. So if Temeraire is protecting a good dude, it's in our best interest to protect that dragon. (laughs) From a world-building standpoint. Uh Uh-huh. So are you giving it? Uh, Do I want him to defeat a lady dragon with five heads? Do we need to come back to you, Kelly Sue? <laughs> I think that I'm at an impasse with myself. We'll come back to you. We'll come back <laughs> yeah, to you. Is, I'm definitely starting to think that... This the, is a tough one. It's a tough, a tough one. one. Because I'm not going to lie, both of you said things that made me think, oh, they would definitely lose because of that. 100%. Um, Interesting. And, like, you know, maybe Temerir is, like, a little cocky and may, might make some mistakes. Totally. Um, because he's never been defeated. And so he might get too cocky. Also, his brethren sound kind of like there's, there are those of his brethren that sound like maybe they're a little too coddled. And that maybe he's coming from a too coddled situation. Um, but then, you know, you talk about Tiamat and how, like, she's changed over time. She's super chaotic. So chaotic that she that she did allow herself to be defeated by one of her own creations. Oh yeah, 
But she's succumbed. But that just fires her rage even more and makes her like, yes, it's a, it's maybe not the most focused energy, but it's a lot of it. And if it is about who would win in a battle, Mm -hmm. not who should win in the battle, but who will win. Can I just interject here? Oh, oh, Claire. Oh, I was about to register my opinion. Oh, you were going to do your vote? Oh, oh, Lisa. Lisa, what's your vote? I thought I was actually leading somewhere. Okay, awesome. Here we go. What is it? What have we got? Tiamat. Oh, yeah. I was so going to say, if y'all can't figure it out, I'm just going to go in with my vote for the, you know, long live the five-headed female agent of chaos. You know what? Oh. I actually have to put in my vote for the five-headed lady dragon. Yeah. Five-headed lady dragon. I think that's a, a reasonable choice, but I will also say this. The reasons that you just picked Tiamat will be true for victory in every matchup she has. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. She she will she Listen, will win every fight. I'm not gonna lie. This was close. This, this was, was very a close. very close. It was one. very strong. The arguments. Both arguments were very strong. I don't know this that not she. An easy one to pick. I don't know that someone as jaded as Tiamat could face off with someone as joyful as Falcor. Yeah, well. Thank you for listening to the first half of our live evening here at the Los Angeles Natural History Museum as part of their first Friday's event. Check out NHM.org to see when the next ones will be and what their themes will include. We're releasing both parts of this epic dragon battle at once. So take a listen to the second half to see whose dragon wins the event and feel free to comment about who your favorite dragon is and who you would want to win. Also, you can check out our expanding catalog of conversations wherever you get your podcasts and know that we've actually begun recording our long-discussed deep dive into David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks with our podcast called That Gum You Like. And more pop-ups whenever we feel like it. Really, the best thing you can do to stay up to date is follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social media or wherever you get your podcasts, or join our newsletter at popsiclepod.com. That's P O P S K L P O D. Now, skip to part two to see who won. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production. This episode of the Popsicle Podcast is brought to you this month by HunterBlackComics.com. Hunter Black is the best damn hard-boiled fantasy webcomic on the internet. Just ask series creators Justin Penniston and William Orr. If Tarantino, Tolkien, and Tartakovsky made a webcomic, it might be half the two-fisted tale of blood-soaked revenge that Hunter Black is. Maybe. There's a new page every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it's absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? HunterBlackComics.com, because you need a comic that'll kick your ass. Bravo. That, that was sounded, your feeling. That sounded really good. I mean, I'm yeah. happy with that. Me too. If, if Justin isn't, then he can fuck himself. I hope you send him that in the recording <laughs> of that ad.
I'm going to. I'm going to. I think so. I think so.